What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
here from Grundahl. Keeksley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallo Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line and brought to you by Viral Brand Goggles is none other than uh, East Coast 250 title contender, Jordan Smith. Jordan, how's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Uh, just getting set up here in Dallas and uh, at the truck and just hanging out. Um, getting some tickets, getting credentials all set up. So just hanging out, getting ready for the race. Absolutely. A busy day, the first press day of 2018 for the 250 East. Uh, no ride time for you today, but uh, uh, an exciting day knowing that tomorrow is uh, it's full go. It's time to start racing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it would have been nice to get out there and get a little time on the track for press, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always exciting the day before the race. And, uh, you know, we've been waiting for a while watching the West Coast guys ride, and it's like, man, I just want to be out there. So, uh finally getting our chance tomorrow and it should be exciting for sure now so you'd mentioned you would have liked to have been out there how beneficial is it for you guys to even have a couple of sections to link together feel the soil out a little bit and maybe even make a couple of adjustments to the motorcycle uh prior to uh tomorrow's events yeah i mean it's always good to get out there and you know get a couple sections and we don't get to ride a whole lot but uh it's nice to get to ride the day before on you know the dirt and the everything that you're going to be racing on the weekend. So uh, that's always nice. But uh, I think we're doing a couple press days this year, but uh, obviously not this one. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really not a huge help, but it's just kind of one of those, like, mental things. You know, you're, you're out there, you, you kind of go into the race day already having half the track dialed in and, uh, and ready to go. Fair enough. Now, uh, I, I think that uh, much like last year, uh, you're a guy who flies under the radar as far as uh, the contenders for this championship. You held the points lead for a brief period last year. Um, but again, uh, this year, not a whole lot of talk about you, not a lot, a whole lot of, uh, no, not too many Instabanger videos of people uh, just getting hyped on, on Jordan Smith. Uh, why do you like it that way? Where do you do most of your training? And, uh, and what was the process like for you this season? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I uh, I got hurt in, at straight rhythm, and I was off the bike for, for quite a while after that and just kind of got back into the swing of things and got back to riding. And, you know, I, I trained down at uh, Millsaps Training Facility in Cairo, Georgia, and, you know, we go in there, we do our work, and uh, it's, it's nice being down there, you know, um, uh, just riding on the East Coast dirt. The tracks are really good, and, you know, we put in a lot of, you know, one-on-one work with uh, me and Brian Johnson and also getting to ride with guys like Justin Barsha and Anthony Rodriguez. We're out there training every day and stuff. And, you know, uh, I, I like to ride there. It's, it's nice. Um, I've grown up there. That's where I grew up training and riding. And now I have a house down there. So, uh, 
yeah, it's uh, it's nice kind of coming to the season under the radar. You know, I uh, surprised I'm still a little bit under the radar, but that's how it works. And uh, we'll try and um, remind everyone here pretty soon. No kidding. A little bit out of sight, out of mind, but putting in the work nonetheless. Um, the, the facility that you, you train at, obviously the Mil- Millsaps training facility, uh, it's renowned for almost over a decade now, obviously, a lot of athletes coming out of there. But uh, what's a week in life uh, look like training there for you? Um, obviously, you mentioned you have a house now. You're no longer showering uh, military style in the motorhome. Maybe you are sometimes, but pro- mostly not, I imagine. Um, what, what's, what's kind of a, a, a – if you could break down a week – uh, prior to the season for us, you're, you're pretty much there full-time. Yeah, um, you know, for the most part, we ride four days a week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and then we usually take Wednesday off from riding and uh, just do some gym work on Wednesday and then uh, Thursday, Friday, ride again. And, uh, you know, every day we go into the gym before and after riding, and um, we have a pretty pretty intense program, uh, both on and off the track, and pretty strict. Uh, that's one thing I like about it is uh, – it definitely holds you. They definitely hold you accountable there, and uh, make sure that you're getting the work done. So uh, there's definitely no slacking off while you're there. And uh, uh, yeah, pretty much, you know, we're just putting in the work, doing our motos, working sections, you know, practicing starts, and and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's uh, it's good. It's it's one thing that's worked for me um, since I was young. I started going there whenever I was 11, I believe, and you know, it's just one of those things where I've just it's always clicked for me and always worked and uh, you know uh, I like being there for sure you trust in that process and that's what's important uh, can you give me an example of a time where they uh, kind of had to take you aside or come down on you for not being uh, 110% focused on what exactly you needed to do when you, you maybe you weren't pulling your weight or you needed a little bit of reality check yeah I mean uh, you know there's always those times where you'll be out there riding and you know you're just kind of going through the motions or whatnot and uh Colleen is uh, pretty pretty good at making sure you don't do that too often. She uh, she'll definitely get into you and or get on you pretty pretty quick if you uh, if you're slacking off. So um, you know I've I've always tried to give it a hundred hundred percent every time I've been out there, and uh, you know that's one thing that my parents kind of instilled in me at a young age. With as expensive as this sport is, and you know as much as they were kind of sacrificing and I, I could see that and even at a young age I could see that and you know I always wanted to make sure that I gave it a hundred percent because they were given everything they had to let me be able to race and do what I love so uh it's never really been too much of a problem for me uh trying my hardest whether it's in the gym or on the track but uh every once in a while Colleen or Brian will have to get into it. fair enough well <clears throat> um for yourself, obviously, you've got a ton of great sponsors uh, and a, a lot of supporters around you. Um, but what what part of this uh, comes in uh, from your own investment, as far as uh, uh, like the the bike you ride, the the food that goes in your stomach, um, and obviously the time associated with that? What type of investment do you make in yourself on a weekly, monthly basis? Yeah, I mean, uh, we definitely, you know, we're we're professional athletes, and and our sport is one of, um, I would say, one of the most um, physically demanding and, and grueling sports you know we have we have you know every every week we have to do so many things to keep our body um in in 100 percent shape as far as you know getting rid of soreness and everything and and getting massages and going to the chiropractor uh riding dirt bikes is just so hard on our bodies and making sure we put the right the right food into our system um just so that we're in 
tip-top shape physically and, and cardio and, and all that and, and being in the gym, making sure that you do the stretches, even though, you know, sometimes it, it gets old doing the same stretches every day and it seems like it's not really doing much, but, you know, deep down that it is. And, uh, you know, I have uh, Dr. Navarro that comes to races as my chiropractor and right. uh, keeps me adjusted and, and stuff at the races. So, uh, you know, that's a big thing too. You know, there's some weekends when, you know, I, I don't necessarily need him, you know, cause my body's feeling good and not, don't really have many injuries, but then it's those weekends where you do need him that he just comes in clutch and, and make sure that I'm able to get out there and race that night. For sure. It's good. Uh, at the very least some peace of mind knowing that he is there to help when needed. Um, so Jordan, this is your second year, I believe on the, uh, the Troy Lee designs KTM, uh, Red Bull KTM team. And for the most part a mostly unchanged motorcycle, um, uh, that being said, what has changed about your program from uh, from one year to the next? And uh, with your injury, was it a little bit of uh, a bit of a feather in your cap to know that you weren't going to have to shake down a brand new motorcycle heading into a new season? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, for the most part our bike this year is um, pretty much the same as it was last year. Uh, I don't think we really made too many um, too many big changes to suspension or anything. Just. Uh, some very small changes just a few weeks ago um, whenever I went out to do a little testing in California with the team. Okay. Um, the truly designed Rebel KTM team has just been amazing um, to work with since I started, you know, a little over a year ago with them. And um, and it's really just been really easy to, to get along with the team and everyone that works for the team and, um, and to get used to and comfortable on the bike. Uh, the KTM team pretty great and uh you know like i said we haven't really made any ch- many changes and even throughout the season last year from one track to the next uh we we're you know pretty much sticking with the same setup and and not having to make many changes so that's really nice going to the race and you know you just you're kind of, you have full confidence in your bike and your team and, and know that it's going to do what you want it to do and whenever you're not having to change things from weekend like from week to week you you know you get this kind of like a bond with your bike and you know you know what it's you you know what to expect it to do whenever you do certain things um whether you know it's in a slick spot or whatnot whether it's you know the best that it could possibly handle that one spot on the track you know what to expect whenever you're not having to switch things from week to week so uh that's been a really good thing um since i got on the kcm Fair enough. Well, uh, um, if, if you don't mind me asking, what were the changes that they made to the, the suspension a couple of weeks ago? Didn't know you were in California. That would have been a great opportunity for me to, uh, to run into you, maybe uh, grab something at BC Cafe. Uh, but uh, like, I know like, you can't get to- all into all details of what uh, they changed, but um, what were the changes that were made, and uh, did it provide a little bit of an uh, aha moment for you and say that, uh, hey, yeah, I got a motorcycle that I can win on? Um, yeah, I mean... You know, I, I was really comfortable with my bike last year and, uh, you know, had a lot of podiums, a couple of good race wins. And um, so it wasn't like I was going, you know, out there to do some testing, to be searching for, you know, that one thing that's going to put me over the top. I'm already pretty comfortable with it. And uh, I think we just made a couple um, little rebound changes on the shock and, uh, you know, just uh, softened up the front forks a little bit, I think. And uh, it really wasn't too many changes we we tried a few different things uh, a few different settings that they had that were a little bit bigger changes but i just kept going back to the you know the the setting that was similar to last year so uh that's always a good feeling too knowing that you know 
what what I was comfortable on last year, still comfortable on that, and uh, you know, just kind of keep that momentum from last Supercross season going into this year. For sure, it's good to know that uh, the stuff that was working last year is still working. Um, so, goals for this season, obviously, uh, something coming so close to the championship last year, um, it's basically uh, you won't be. You, I, I would say that you won't be happy with anything other than that this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, last year, you know, coming into the season, uh, I haven't really had any, you know, breakout races or anything, and um, so didn't really know what to expect. And then, you know, there we were about three quarters of the way through the season and I got my first win and then back-to-back wins and I was right in the middle of the championship hunt and then uh, I took the points lead going into Vegas and you know that was all a bit unexpected and kind of overwhelming at that time you know uh, definitely you know I was going into the season and, and hoping for some podiums and to, to get a race win and then to you know I did that all year and and to get the points lead going into Vegas and that was all a bit overwhelming but this year you know I'm a bit more prepared for that, and and hopefully that's what happens. And yeah, started off with a with a good podium here in Dallas would be would be great. And uh, you know, just keep keep the consistency that I had last year going this year. Fair enough. And last couple of questions for you. Um, this season rolling into, I know you you, you train a lot at MTF. Uh, is there anyone on the line that you know of within the the current uh, uh, entry list that you're most comfortable racing with? Someone that you said, like, if if you got into a battle with someone, you'd be happy to know that they're uh, like you kind of know where they're going to be. They sort of know where you're going to be, and it'd be a fun battle rather than uh, someone that's going to saw your front end off. Yeah, I mean. Uh... There's, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, I think everyone that is on the East Coast this year is pretty good to race with and, and stuff. And, uh, and you know, I just, uh, I've grown up riding with RJ a lot on the, um, whenever I was on Geico and good friends with him. And, um, you know, it's always fun to battle with him. I battle with him a lot as an amateur. And, uh, and, so it'd be fun to get to battle with him a, a bit again this year. Last year when we were battling, he ended up going down and uh, getting hurt. So that was a bummer. But uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun to get out there and, and battle with all the guys. Fair enough, my friend. Well, uh, uh, we, we do hope that you guys are able to, uh, to to bang bars, but also stay safe out there. Um, as far as uh, the, the the track that you're looking forward to most is like, even though you're not uh, a, a Georgia native, um, are you uh, are you looking forward to uh, to racing uh, in Atlanta in a couple weeks time? Yeah, for sure. Atlanta's uh, probably the biggest the biggest race for me. Uh, going as a as a little kid, that's where I always went to to watch Supercross, and uh, you know I've been to that one for probably ten years now. Going to that race, and it's the closest one for me, and you know that's always you know the most hometown feel for me. So. Uh, it's a good one and have a lot of family and friends that come out to that one. So that would be a really good one to uh, get a good finish at. Awesome, man. Well, I re- like I said before we even hit record on this, I really appreciate you taking my call today uh, on uh, on my version of press day. I'm, I'm uh, 2,000 miles away, so I have to swing swing from further further away than us- usual. But I appreciate you taking the call and informing some uh, some listeners. Um, and uh, before I let you go, last question: uh, What song on your uh, whether it's Spotify or uh, or uh, um uh, Pandora, what song are you like playing the shit out of, out of lately, and just like you're just ruining it for yourself? Uh honestly, uh, I've been playing a lot of like Toby Keith stuff, so uh, it's okay. just kind of been going back in the day, playing a little uh, 
Toby Keith, uh, American Soldier, those kind of songs. So uh, I don't really listen to a ton of music, just kind of whenever I'm in the truck, turn on the radio and stuff. But uh, yeah, I just kind of, I'm pretty pretty wide genre of music. I, I pretty much like anything. So uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Awesome. And before I let you go, anything is, is there anything particularly weird about how you like uh, your motorcycle setup, or anything that you're per, like uh, personally kind of uh, uh, finicky about when when you're setting up a motorcycle? I know uh, like I was I was talking to Justin Hill, and he's got his shifter way up in the air uh, above where like it's almost it's above parallel with the the, the foot peg, and then obviously you got a guy like Alex uh, Alex Martin that has uh, foot pegs that are three inches tall. Um, what, what are you? What, what's your preference? Yeah, I don't really have too many um, weird things. I would say I'm pretty, uh, pretty normal, but um, I do like my shifter a bit lower than than most people. I would say, and uh, on the on the KTM, we actually I have to have a uh, a special shifter because uh, the normal one, uh, the one click is too high and the next click is too low, so I have to have like a half spline shifter to. Uh, for me to be able to feel comfortable. I got pretty big feet, so uh, it's hard to get it under the shifter sometimes. Aren't you special? You've got a half spline uh, on there. No. Wow. Uh, do they, yeah. they put a, like, for the gearing, do they put a half tooth on it for your sprocket or no? <laughs> no, no, just a gearing. Fair enough. Well, uh, uh, the bike should be looking good. I took ton of a ton of photos of uh, of your teammates' bikes over the few first rounds, and I look forward to photog- uh, taking some photos of it at Atlanta, which is the next race that I'll be at. But uh, I wish you the best of luck this weekend and your your uh, your um, your efforts towards the championship. And uh, hopefully, all things go well. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. appreciate you having me on. Glad we can finally finally get it done. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entiknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as the collective ex on instagram is where you can find the collective experience do so immediately the collective experience nobody gets you closer what's wrong jeff i don't know jay well you better fuel up with the nutritious breakfast with oats and bran oats and bran i didn't think there was such a that's what i used to think now i start out every morning with a bowl of amigos for extreme kids like us Man, but more than fights, what Big Jeff likes is a bad bull. And they go to the brand, bad bull. And they go to the brand, oats for power. 
cereal these Amigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have death-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, the Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus design team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. Hey, Big MX listeners, just wanted to take a moment to uh, let you guys know about Viral Brand and Viral Brand Goggles. Uh, Viral Brand Goggles are a relatively new company, and we've been working with them for about a year now, and uh, they've got some really cool things going on, which include uh, not only when you buy a pair of goggles, you will not only get a goggle bag, which of course you get with most goggle bags, but uh, with most goggles rather, but uh, you'll also get tear-offs, you get a 10-pack of tear-offs, and you also get an extra clear lens to go along with your mirrored lens than uh, the tinted lens that the goggles come with. Uh, so it's kind of, a more, of a, more of a package than it is just a set of goggles, which if you're going to buy goggles, you're going to need an extra lens, you're going to need tear-offs. So they take care of all that stuff for you, and uh, $74.99 US is uh, an easy asking price. They've also got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If uh, their best fit challenge, if your goggles don't fit your helmet within the first 30 days, get them back to Viral, for uh, and, and they'll take care of you, no questions asked. Uh, so check out the theviralbrand.com today and uh, and and see what the kind of products and the uh, the accessories that they've got. I love the goggles myself and uh, can't wait to see you guys enjoying them as well. Take care. With us on the line, we've got none other than Dave Feeney. Dave, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, just got back from the track. Uh, we did a little bit of riding today at press day, so uh, gave the bike a quick shakedown and uh, everything seemed like it's pretty good for tomorrow. Well, there you go. And, uh, and I, I wanted to talk to you about this, honestly, because uh, being involved with Press Day is uh, sometimes a nuisance and sometimes it's a big benefit. Some of the, and I think it's all about based on kind of how you approach it. Um, what's your take on it? How, how do you feel about being involved with Press Day? Obviously, a little bit longer of a day for you uh, after you've uh, framed the machine the week before and, and made it all race ready. Um, like, they, they don't put too much time on it, but they do put a little bit of time on the motorcycle. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, it was good for us today because uh, Zach hadn't ridden his bike before uh, we came here. So, um, like most guys will usually uh, 
breaking their bike in California, but he decided that um, we would just come here and uh, was kind of the same same thing last year. Uh, we just rode press day, uh, gave his bike a little bit of a shakedown, and uh, everything everything was good. So we'll just move forward to tomorrow. Absolutely, and this is uh, obviously you guys know in, in advance. Uh, I think I even knew uh, that, that Zach was going to be riding press day maybe three or four weeks ago, uh, and that's uh, I think it's a big benefit on a t- from a, a couple of standpoints. One, a rider just becoming more uh, familiar with the sections and the soil is kind of knowing what he's going to uh, experience knowing what to expect. Obviously, a Supercross triple is still a Supercross triple, but the, the soil does change slightly. And uh, for you guys, uh, um, just getting him that much more comfortable on the machine is just a little bit of extra peace of mind. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like just actually having a, an extra practice session, but you only get to do part of the track. So we made a couple small changes, but um, nothing huge. And it's just one, uh, you know, a couple of lanes that you don't have to learn uh, tomorrow. So it's it's a little bit of an advantage, but um, most of those guys uh, can pick it up pretty quick anyhow. For sure. And obviously this being uh, Zach's third year on the team, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and, and a fairly unchanged uh, motorcycle from, 20, uh, t- from 2017, the bike that he won his championship on. Uh, um, does th- did that uh, change your preparation at all as far as uh, like how much testing you guys did or uh, like uh, has his preferences changed at, at all with the motorcycle? Uh, no, he's pretty comfortable with... Uh with the bike that he rode last year and we did a little bit of suspension testing with him when he was in California and a little bit of engine testing, but nothing, nothing major. Just, uh, we have a little bit of a different engine package for this year and, uh, just a couple of small suspension adjustments. But other than that, the bike's completely the same. Fair enough. Do do any guys ever have like a, a, a like extra special preference where like uh, Zach's like yeah build it from that like the, they would like a specific frame or they want to keep one from from years prior or even like you know what I mean like they the race bike doesn't really actually get a lot of time on it you wouldn't time out a, a frame or do you? Uh yeah you do. Um, okay then for for Supercross uh, we'll use one frame for the whole series because it's only nine races. And, but, uh, for motocross, you get, uh, basically a new bike every four races. Wow. So you get three three frames in one season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get a frame, a swing arm, a sub frame and all the electrical components every four races. There you go. Um, You take a lot of pride in your work. Obviously, you, you've done so for a long period of time. I, if I'm not mistaken, this is your 25th year on the pro circuit, uh, the pro professional series, uh, working with different riders. Um, what do you like about working with, with Zach? The two of you obviously have won, won two championships with each other, uh, him being a double champion from last year. Um, what do you like about working with the guy? Uh, Zach is very, very low-key. Uh, he's knows what he wants and um once you get him what he wants he'll take care of the rest and um i think we kind of maybe complement each other complement 
each other a little bit. Uh, as fact, you know, I'm fairly mellow and he doesn't need anybody to get him pumped up. He's ready to go by himself. So I think it's just, I keep him more calm than anything. So, uh, it's, it seems like we work fairly well together. Uh, we're friends, but we're not like buddies. Like we don't hang yeah, out yeah. together. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll go out to dinner every once in a while, but we're, you know, he lives his life outside of racing and I live my life outside of racing. So For sure. And that does include, uh, racing yeah. two strokes every once in a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think he would like to ride a lot more two strokes, but, uh, now, uh, his priorities have, uh, changed a little bit as far as, you know, uh, how he's, uh, the races that he does and stuff like that. So, you know, his program's a lot more structured than it used to be, uh, as far as being allowed to do stuff that, uh, all the fun stuff. So he's got to wait a couple more years and then he can go back to doing the fun stuff again. <laughs> Fair enough. Safe to say then you haven't yeah. been bolting together a uh, 252 stroke for Zach in, uh, in, in the last little while then. Uh, no, no, Fair no. Uh, I wish that no, that's uh, probably not going to happen for at least a couple more years. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, hopefully you're still so, continue to work for him for a, a lot of years to come. Um, does it make yeah. your job easier as like as a mechanic, just worrying about the nuts and bolts rather than having to motivate a rider? Obviously, you've worked closely with a lot of guys in the past uh, who've needed that, but uh, does does that take away from uh, like the, your responsibilities and the, the work that you do on the motorcycle? Um, no. I mean, it's... Um, we... We talk a lot, uh, but uh, race day, there's enough people that talk to him that um, I just stay I kind of stay away from him unless I've got something super important to tell him. And, you know, we'll, you know, BS for five minutes before the race or something like that. But um, race day, we 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 don't really talk that much unless there's something that he really needs from me but most of the time you know he's talking uh with the suspension guy uh the crew chief uh the team manager so he's got three people in his ear already and then um you know you try and keep it to a minimum you know the less people that talk to him on race day, the better. So that's, you know, that's kind of my philosophy. But if I've got some, something that I really need to tell him, then, you know, I'll find time to get to him. But most of the time we just, uh, it's just on the ride to the track or a couple of minutes before we go to the track or a couple of minutes after we come back from the track. So, uh, and I just got to do my job on race day, and that's get the bike to the finish line in one piece. 
For sure. And and then last year you guys rolled to the to the line with a one and a six on the machine. This year the only number we'll see on the, at that bike is the number one. Uh and, and uh, the series will depend on whether it's a it's a red plate or, a, or or not. But uh how much of a point of pride is it for you to be rolling up to the line um knowing that you you not only mechanicked it last year, but will also be this year be mechanicking uh the number one in both outdoors and supercross. It's um yeah, it's a dream come true. Every mechanic uh, dreams of be- winning a championship. And, you know, it's one of those things that uh, there's only a few people that actually get to do that and uh, work with a bike with a number one on it. And I'm just one of the lucky few. You know, uh, it's something that everybody strives for it's a big accomplishment as a mechanic just to get a rider to finish on the podium let alone uh win a race or a championship so i'm uh beyond stoked Absolutely, as you should uh-huh. be, my friend. Uh, working under the tent now uh, with now you'll have four riders uh, rather than three last year. Um, that that becomes a little bit more crowded. How well do you work with uh, Anderson's mechanic? His name escapes me at the moment, but uh, also Daniel uh, uh, Mohead, of course, works with uh, uh, with Dean. Like, how, how do you get along with the, the rest of the guys underneath the tent, which will now be a, uh, uh, a little awesome. bit tighter? Yeah, it's awesome. Like we have a we have a great crew. Uh we all get along together really well. Uh actually uh Silo, who is Jason Anderson's mechanic, uh we've worked on the same uh same pit cart for four years and we're we're good friends and uh it's you know, we're pretty pumped that uh we go into this weekend and has a red plate on his bike and i have one on mine so uh pretty pretty exciting weekend for us as a team no kidding that that is uh rather rare and it's great to see uh, first time i believe ever that uh husqvarna has uh led led both championships at, the, at any particular moment so that's pretty cool uh as far as uh, the point series goes which and uh and, and you guys have earned it um Working with uh, with the whole team, including you guys have two trucks, uh, how much of a blessing is it every weekend to have uh, one of your possibly uh, former, uh, I wouldn't say competitors, but a guy that you may have r- mechanicked against, uh, um, cooking up uh, cooking up the grub in, in Paul Delorier. That guy uh, makes some pretty good food on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, Paul's a cool dude. Like, uh, we, uh, we get, our whole team gets along really well and uh you know paul's uh paul's our chef on the weekends and uh does a great job so uh he's you know being a mechanic for a long time and you know he wanted to change his role and he does an awesome job as a as a truck driver and uh team chef no doubt he does. I, I, if, if I'm gonna eat anywhere, usually I'm gonna I'm gonna swing by Rockstar because not only do I like to uh, pick uh, pick Paul's brain about Larocco stories, but uh, also uh, he 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 he's a damn good cook. On top of that, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a good dude. Like I've known Paul for a long time, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's just uh, very uh, down to earth and uh, does a great job. 
Yeah, that he does. Now, uh, um, talking about this championship coming up, obviously you guys roll in with the number one and uh, the red plate, um, but is is there pressure this year to uh, more than last year to keep it? I think most people, uh, if you're creating a bracket as to who's going to win, um, they say that this is, this is Dak Osborne's championship to lose, um, obviously being the, the defending champion, and we've seen the, the Western champion definitely have his struggles. Um, does that add pressure to your work, or or does that just uh, is, uh, is is it just business as usual? Uh, it does add some pressure because you know we kind of flew in a little bit under the radar last year, and nobody was really expecting Zach to be the guy that he was on the outside looking in. But everybody on the inside knew that it was going to be pretty good. So, um, this year, you know, everybody's more, he's more under a microscope from, uh, the people on the outside because they're expecting big things from him. And I mean, everybody else is as well, but you know, we're business as usual, you know, we're, um, you know, you just gotta make sure that you do the right thing every week. You know, you don't have to win every week but you have to be close every week. And, you know, we're just going to go one race at a time and it'll, you know, it'll take care of itself in the end. For sure. Those, uh, the, uh, the cliches definitely do ring true when they all work out. Um, last year, you guys experienced a rather odd or uh, an unexpected issue in, uh, I believe it was the, uh, not the Detroit round, or not Tor- the Toronto round, but uh, the one directly after. I can't, I can't be, uh, but you guys uh, had Detroit. a, yeah, broken wheel. Um, switched yeah. that thing out pretty damn fast. Uh, although, uh, like, still savaged a, a day for uh, Zach. Was there? Is there anything you guys did in the off season to uh, to speed up that process to get another front wheel on there? Uh, no, not really. Um, we're just going to try and hope. Hopefully, uh, it'll be. We won't have that issue, but you just don't know. It's always. Uh, there's always there's always a problem like if you have a problem like that. Um, but our biggest the, the biggest issue was that Zach struggled to get back to us with the wheel because it was so badly um, so many uh, so many spokes were out. So many it's spokes tough to get were broken. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of the the hard part. You know, all of there was a bunch of spokes broken out and. You couldn't even roll the wheel without it uh, getting caught up on the forks. Right. Now, so. uh, um, what's the ruling on how he got back to you guys? Can he just go around the outside of the track, or does he actually have to go the basically like try and complete a lap? Or like, like how does that work? I, I've never really known. Well, last year he basically did nearly a full lap to get back to us, which was really a, a struggle. Like he maybe could have gone off the track and got to us a little quicker and I don't think there would have been an issue but you know it all worked out in the end uh, you know this year the rules have changed as far as uh, having spare stuff down at the track where well, we can have it down there but it's not very close so we're going to have to like 
uh, if there is an issue like that, it's going to have to be assessed fairly quickly by the people that can see what's going on and they're going to have to make the call so that we can get the appropriate stuff down there if we need to. So, Well, there you go. Hopefully you guys don't even need to worry about that whatsoever. Um, Dave, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I wish you guys the best of luck this weekend and uh, hopefully uh, looking forward to seeing you in Atlanta. Uh, you guys do an amazing uh, job of what you do and uh, hopefully that uh, all things go well for you. Not ne- You don't need to uh, switch out any wheels other than in the paddock. Hopefully so. So, Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, being on the show and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon.